Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. Actually, I've got to do the school run as well um, because uh, Ames is going to be at the shop. Um, so I'm going to be doing that at round about half past two. So we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll crack on for an hour. I've started recording, uh, so we can, have, we can tell a little, a little jaunt of the school run to our, um, our wonderful listeners, who, of course, will be glad to know that it's just one way we can actually leave the house um the school run now has become the great outdoors it's like um you, you know you know how um even I, I, prisoners... I've, masked, I've masked up chris ready for this podcast <laughs> yeah thanks thanks you may be a hundred miles away uh so you i'm not worried about uh uh you know i think there's a appropriate distance i think that's probably best to say um it's, yes it's all good but yes, it, it feels like, you know, you know, prisoners, they get a, a chance to walk outside once every day. And so I think the school run is a great opportunity for that bit of exercise, bit of fresh air and um, a, a bit of feeling like you're not in lockdown. And lockdown is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Lockdown number two. We're, we're going to yeah, lockdown two. Which, which, which lockdown, Chris? Like, you know, yes. with, uh, for anybody listening to these out of order, this is lockdown November 2020. Yes. Um, yeah, so so Chris, where you know what what's happening? Well, we're, okay, so we're we're currently um, we had lockdown number one back in March, uh, and that lasted until I'm going to say April, but it felt like a long time. We had a long lockdown first time, and then what happened was it all seemed to get. It seemed like it was all going in the right direction over the summer, but actually, what was happening is things were slowly opening up and then getting worse where and then in September things got even more worse and then progressively to the place we are now where we are having to lock down for a second time to avoid a second spike and um, so we are all back in our houses and uh, not outside and in shops and coffee shops and all those kind of things Um, and we're avoiding that second spike but I think this is it feels like a, a different one this time from the first one i think that's the and maybe what we'll do is we'll start with uh lee what what are the kind of learnings that you've learned for churches from lockdown one and let's get your learnings on this and then we'll um we'll both sort of uh knock this ball around like it's a uh, a match of tennis yeah and and again you know let's caveat all of the stuff we're here having these conversations some of this we're experiencing for the first time, like many of you listening. And this is about just looking at ways to think this through. Again, you know, it's why we're called Thinking Church and why this isn't, you know, answers and definites about church. This is just things that we're observing, trends that we're seeing, what we're getting as feedback from the people we work with, as well as the, you know, the work we do in other areas and not just with churches, but looking at bringing all of that together to help us appraise a situation and you know what for me what did we learn from lockdown one well that one was quite strict um but it was the thing 
some of it wasn't as painful as maybe we would have thought if that had been a proposal written by the pastor six months earlier. If he'd have said, if, you know, if we'd have had that from our lead pastor, you know, like for, for us, we've got, you know, or whatever team that might be, if that person had written down a proposal that overnight this was going to happen, that, you know, objection and groundswell to it and all the things that could or couldn't go wrong with it, actually, when our hand was forced on that to a degree, it wasn't as painful maybe as we thought. And actually, we were all of a sudden more adaptable and more flexible than maybe we'd given ourselves credit for previously. And certainly my experience personally in my own church and with churches that I've connected with over this period is that, that, that most have said, actually, there was also some galvanizing aspect to it that allowed them to refocus, refine what they do, still carry on with purpose. But actually what it came down to was the principles of why they do what they do. Um, and going into this next phase of lockdown, it, the important thing is to bring forward the principles of what we learn. And, you know, I don't think we can literally just roll out and copy what we did before, but the principles of how we did it, our openness to change, the willingness to pull in that direction and have alignment, that's the stuff that we've got to um, draw upon. And by doing that, I think, you know, that gives us better success and better opportunity and we, we can build with it. The second piece is that um, you, you, you can't just build strategy once. Mm -hmm. You need to be building in that your strategy will get revisited. Most people didn't want to see it come around this time. We're, we, you know, we're not going to make a political comment on like what they're doing with strategy um, throughout this piece because, you know, that, that can be quite polarizing and that's not what we're here to do at all. But the strategy changes and actually comes back down to the principles about what we want to do. But look, the church, we could kick up. I've seen some people say some things that, you know, as if it's, you know, the negatives or, you know, really put upon and closing worship and things like this. I, we, we've got a duty to not be narrow in our thinking, but to be expansive in our thinking, to be leaders at this time to our neighbours. The people literally closest to us now get to experience our attitude and behaviour throughout this. People who will see us on and off the run to schools and the shops and the bits and pieces that we can go out and do, even exercising, etc. This is where we're going to be noticed in person now is the time to evidence that hope and the joy that we should be able to experience at this time and to actually speak uh, well of what that is. Um, but also let's get invitational. If we didn't quite crack that the first time round, and we were hoping for the regathering, yeah, now's the time to re-explore the invitation to what we do. Yeah. So I think for me, what I feel like we've learned from, lockdown number one firstly i think uh the church by and large was way more adaptive than it thought it was i think that everyone thinks this is how church must function and you, everyone get kind of got you know it was you know gatherings must be in person and then the lockdown happens and suddenly it's like well no we've, we've got to do it online and so necessity has forced adaptation yeah. um uh and I think that that's been a really good thing to see the church adapt. And I think it's increased a, uh, a sort of grown muscle uh, in 
the uh, in the church. I think that what I have seen is that churches that were already set up for online have obviously just fared better uh, because it's it's a less of a change. Um, mm. So the 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 big downside to lockdown is that uh, the church has had to spend so much time focusing on what is it doing you know like how are we going to produce this stuff you know it's it's very much it got so much into the tactical area of okay how are we going to produce this video what's our content schedule all these kind of things which are fine and there's no problem with that but you're now you're you you really are like creating a whole new airplane whilst you're in the air to try and take you where to where you want to go and so i think that um i think that that's a learning is that there is a certain amount of adaptation but there's more that we can do to become adaptable. I think that's yeah. that would be really helpful for the church. So that adaptive is is now part of who we are. And I think what that links to is that more than ever, the church has to operate from a clear sense of mission and a clear sense of vision. And that uh, I, I think that's been one of the things I think that I've seen uh, that over time as you're just as churches have been just trying to figure out what they're doing the conversation about mission and where we're going that seems to drop off a little bit it's all about how we're going to get back in a building or how are we going to operate online or something like that when actually those things were always just vehicles to what the mission of the church is supposed to be so how can the church get back to a pace of working from mission rather than what are we doing? And I think look, it is natural. I think it's completely natural that a church, any church that's going through uh, this kind of scenario is going to be put into that. Well, oh my goodness, what are we doing? How are we going to do this? We've got to figure this all out. Um, but I think that the learning is that even when you're doing that, the message of vision and the message, the message of uh, mission needs to be the strongest voice that's still heard and the vehicle of how that's achieved in the confines of what we've got that has to be secondary Yeah, and I think that there's there's another couple of things like probably building on that to to a degree as well is there was a there was a point at the beginning like I've seen a lot of smaller churches fare really well through this because the focus has been it was like the starting tape got cut for everybody at the same moment so we had to make decisions for ourselves and not look to what other people were doing necessarily. So I've seen small churches embrace who they are and what they can do, not looking to mimic larger churches or what the church down the road is doing or the one that's got a new book out. So we've had that element of, yeah, there's some best practices. There's definitely some learnings that we can already bring from other churches, denominations and places in the world. Always going to be able to learn. But actually, back to that mission piece, we've all of a sudden discovered that, that starting from that same point we all focused on the thing that we had to do next you know that next thing we had to do to to care was it all of a sudden orientated around the health of what we had as church not directly about the growth 
and because nobody knew how to measure online at the beginning, you know, and yeah, someday when the numbers are, are difficult to interpret to a degree, there's, you know, there's not a clear answer on that yet, is that actually we stopped focusing on that element and went for the health of who we have and what we can do well. And we learned to work within our resources, uh, within our, you know, what we had financially, we, we did it with a good measure. So actually, it, it, there's an element to this that feels really, really healthy. And now, now they've got a thing to build on from there. But I think that comes back to it. It's the delivery of the, 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 the mission. We're getting back to the central piece of what the church is meant to do within a geography, but also with that digital aspect of it, of connectivity and, and ease. And I know for some, digital brings barriers. And I'd like, you know, maybe to, to, to pick on this, but like, you know, have you found that in, in your own church, Chris, or people that we've worked with recently? Have you found that digital has created, has, has it created more barriers or more opportunities? Or, you know, have we, have we had any hurdles there as well? Um, yeah, I think from my experience, it's, um, I, it's, probably, it's a bit of both, really. I think there's definitely been opportunities that have arisen in terms of reaching people that we never thought we would have reached. Um, I think that, you, you know, you, you watch online church and you see people you know joining the service that you never thought would you know they would never yeah into a church building so i think from that it's creating new opportunities it's creating new opportunities for people in terms of ministry i think in terms of uh, i think it's given a new sphere and a new way to think about it I've, we've seen some people who are just very good content creators have a chance to use the church's platform to to do ministry in a, in a different way uh so you know that actually the new way of you know bloggers can be really good ministers um, and vloggers and people like that. And I, I think that's a really interesting uh, like change. I think in one sense as well, of course, that the, the, the church has found it harder. There are, there are certain people, I mean, I'm a, a worship leader and I think worship teams across the UK have definitely found doing worship online harder to get a full band set up is, is, is really hard. So I think that, that kind of musical gift is, is something that's, been put under a lot more pressure because I think it's it's harder for that to be done excellently in an online setting and so you've got to rethink about it you've got to you know and actually yeah. sometimes it's you know the church has had music for centuries and it's been it's been the forefront of what the church does and you know how it conducts worship services for, for centuries and so in one sense you know it's not a bad thing that that there's a break from that so that the church can pursue new ways of doing things so I think that's a good thing although I think for the people that have got you know their their gifting is in the musical sphere I think that you know the worship uh service always gave a great way to do that and I think you know there's certainly for people like drummers and bassists that, you know, if that's their skill and that's their passion, uh, then I think they've probably found it really hard over lockdown. Yeah. And let, let's face it, doing that from your home and coordinating musicians in different locations is still a technical feat that's not available to many. Yeah. And even those where we've seen it do professionally and tried to put these things together and pre-record such as some of the online concerts, we've learned that even on a professional scale, it's difficult. Yes. But, you know, and, and I'd never want to take away as well that, you know, we, we've just, we've, there's an, not an assumption there, but we've just talked about a very modern style of worship mm. that's, you know, bands slightly more electric. Look, 
we've we've still got churches that are engaging around you know an organ in their building and something like that and i'd never want to take away the level of comfort that that gives people gathered worshiping in those environments and the sense of grandeur that comes with it but like actually what it can do to people and Mm. deeply do to people when they're engaged that way or you know whether they're whether they're singing vocally or whether that's just something that happens and they're listening to that there is there's 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 things going on that we maybe haven't quite learned how to represent in digital form yet and so you know we're not we're not saying that these are direct replacements yeah Um, and we want to appreciate that there are different methods and let but let's also face it there are some churches out there where they're this not needing to be done because they haven't got these skill sets in their church, being able to curate good playlists and give people access to online places to, you know, in one sense, listen to the, you know, originals, you know, at source by the people who did them at the beginning has also been a great opportunity and taken a weight and a burden off them. So everybody will have a different experience of this. Um, and there's a place for all of it. But we've also probably learned that a 30 minute set online doesn't quite work in this new setup and you have to have a much more highly curated gathered online set of what you're doing with music reading interaction and how you do that so looking at that compared to last time is there anything that much different this time um yeah i think so that for me the main difference is is that this time we're going into it having worked through all of that stuff first. And I think that's a huge shift because before it happened and then we had to, ad- had to adapt. This time we, we don't. And I think that's the, 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 the really big shift. Now, there were many, you know, many churches were starting to get uh, their in-person gatherings back again. And so they're going to have to do a little bit of shifting because now you can't have congregations back in the room. And I know many churches, my own church, were starting to record online services with a congregation present and it's looking at okay so how can you still achieve that end when you've got to work with you know key volunteers and staff to do that yeah so um i think that it's actually really quite important that we that that churches if that are broadcasting live still continue to create that live feel and that live feel includes having a congregation but your congregation might have to be your key volunteers that are going to clap and um say that's really good um as a good example i was um i was thinking about um i'm a celebrity you know how you know i'm a celebrity they're normally in in the jungle in australia but their their crew become their congregation it's really clever because you they don't have there's not enough you can't fly people out to be in a studio audience and i'm not sure how many australians are going to want to sort of trek into the uh the jungle to be an you know an audience for them uh, or whether they watch it at all but what they do is so they use the crew as their audience and I think it's a really great yeah. way that you could think about so for churches to think about how they can still make that that feeling of life because I definitely felt you know watching my own church uh, that sense of when you knew people in the room it changed how you felt about things it made yeah. things feel it, it, that feeling which is really hard to um, capture and it's really hard to explain uh but that feeling of something being truly live rather than it being live in a very sort of a vacuum 
um, you still want to capture that. So there, I think, but the good thing is it's not, there's not massive changes that need to be made. I think that it's some subtle ones. But I think there's nothing that's outside the realms of what the church has already gone through over the last few months. So I think that that's the big shift for me. We already know what to expect in this lockdown period. And that gives the you know churches across the UK a great impotence, a great impetus to uh, to move forwards and to carry on and to work with that sense of mission and vision. From my understanding and reading of current guidance at this point in time, um, and you know, keep an eye on the government and what they're saying and the information they're putting out. But it does look like churches who want to use their church building to broadcast a live service can still do so at this point in time. Yes. So, um, yeah. and obviously, if you've got a staff, you're going to work. So if you've got employed people, you are bringing people in and there's staff in. But, you know, we also don't want to mandate or make them feel uh, that they have to for volunteers because some might feel uncertain at this time. And it does bring in uncertainty. Mm. So we also can't put that upon them uh, to make them feel that they have to. So, you know, working with your staff team, be, be good with your time. But I think one of the other things that I've learned is, Actually, there's there's a little bit smoke and mirrors to how you do something as your broadcast. Like the broadcast that people are engaging with and the community that happens around it wasn't always live, Chris. Did you know that some churches weren't doing this exactly live? Like, um, so there's nothing wrong. Like you might want to get together and record some segments while you've got more people and you you can you can broadcast them at another time because of the of, of online and technology. Um, you know this was this this wasn't really new to me, but it, it was funny that actually some of the things that people thought were live and said, "Oh, this is great because it was live," and you can have a mm. bit of smoke and go, "Wasn't technically live live." You know, there's been some price production, there's been some editing, there's been a way that you know we recorded these things back to back to get the vibe and the feel that we wanted. And then we chopped it up and played it out over several weeks. Like the other thing is get smart because we don't know if this will get worse or it'll tighten or we'll lose access or if, you know, what might happen. So get smart with your planning and, and put that together and don't, you know, it's one of those things, you know, uh, plan for the worst and expect the best kind of thing. Mm is, you know, have something together and don't be afraid about using stuff that's in, in, in the bank either. If you've got songs pre-recorded from before, unless they're all in like, you know, summer clothing and it's like 25 degrees inside your building, at which point playing it in December might look odd. Um, having, having done a Songs of Praise Christmas service in July... Um, I've had a, I've had experience of this of um, and the, yeah and then doing an Easter service as well and then sweeping in and putting different items around the building to make it look different like so it's it's it, you know people do this for broadcasts it happens all the time um, but it, it it doesn't it doesn't stop so yeah you know plan well pray into it use your staff and then your volunteers 
well and uh and, and yeah and just don't don't worry necessarily about it having to be live live you can actually have like the simulated live experience as well for those that need it yeah i think what's different this time is because that because there isn't that sense of having to oh we've got to figure this out uh and i think that it gives churches a unique opportunity to really think about um more than just what they're doing in the ministry but what they're doing on the ministry as well uh it's a piece i've just been writing this morning about about it and that i think this is a unique opportunity because you've got that space you've got that space where you're at homes and it, it does it does increase that level of introspection a little bit and thinking about you know where is our church going and what can we do how can we um change things so that uh 2021 is better than 2020 um yeah. rather than just thinking what are we going to do this sunday how is the video going to work what items are we going to put in because i think that that's still quite business as usual now and that's so that's just part of the whirlwind as as it's called so i think that that allowing for that time where you can think about okay what are some of the more core fundamental things so you know the you know key strategies that you know we talk about a lot and what are those things that that you can think about and you can start to work on as a team over zoom or or however you do it and i think this is a unique opportunity and gives you that that time where you can think about okay what ministries do we want to bring back or not bring back and you know how are we going to do what we do i think this is a, a unique time yeah and technology wise you touched on like some of the tools look the advances since march in some of the online tools that are available has been amazing like not just like in terms of you know um feature set or stability or security and you know they're all things that you know they are they're, 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 they're confidence markers as well for people who are engaging with you to see this stuff done well but cameras mics like you know these 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 things now have been well explored and there are good simple known solutions to some of these problems and it's like you know i think even at the beginning of the year you and i had looked at setups with cameras and lights and things that run into the many thousands and you know, earlier today we were talking about ample setups for five hundred pounds. Yes. It, um, and I even had uh, one of our guests earlier in the year. We did a webinar. We had uh, uh, um, Tom on from uh, Seven Stream Media, and he had talked about. Now he pointed me yesterday. He said, "Oh, this three hundred pound piece of kit that you need is like, oh, you can now buy an equivalent item for like seventeen pounds." Wow. And it's like so some of this stuff has plummeted in in price and is allowing us to be more elaborate with the setups and do more for less um but it's it's now time to think about right what things do we need to invest in and you know are we going to do this if we've got a volunteer base who are delivering any of this you know let's be a little bit mindful it's just because what we've got one member of the congregation volunteering who can afford the latest iphone and buy a mic and use their personal kit um, we can't make that a standard that other volunteers maybe have to go by um, because not everybody can afford to do that. So what standards does your church want to put out? What things are you going to provide as platforms for people to engage with and use? Or is the expectation that you can only use the people that can afford to bring their stuff? Like, you know, think some of these things through. If you want to open it up that more people can engage with it, do we have to have a, 
you know, a laptop and a camera that we can rotate around a few people? Do we have to have a couple of lights that we can share? Or do we want to do all the recording on a day together? And, you know, there's, there's things to think through. Um, but at the same time, with, with gear, it, it's unbelievable that what's happened in this short period and the innovation that's happened in that industry, specifically, that now churches are benefiting from and can support with. Yeah, that's, that's a really good, uh, really good thought there. Okay, so there are some churches that are going to be thinking, okay, um, we've got to stop in-person gatherings from, you know, this Sunday. Uh, we don't know when, we, we know provisionally it's going to end on the 2nd of December, lockdown number two. But what we don't know is whether that will be continued. So should we do, uh, there's a famous mega church pastor in America called Andy Stanley. And he said, I think it was back in the summer, that he was going to cancel all in-person gatherings till the end of the year yep and is that a good idea for churches here to go right we're just gonna we're just gonna cancel it till the end of the year what do you think lee i think if you want if you want plan from with something that's certain you've got to make a decisive next step and actually having clarity around what you are going to do regardless of everything else going off around it actually gives you focus and something to work with um like my, my church ourselves like we we had that taken out of our hands to a degree because we we actually hire our space on a sunday and it's no longer available to us now they put a minimum of that being not available till the end of the year but we decided to plan that we would stay as we are till easter because we thought if it improves we can change again but if it doesn't, we are planned appropriately and well for one way of doing it. And I, I think that's the you know the example here with Andy Stanley and his church, North Point, that is, is very much the same thing. It's like, we're not sure what's going to happen. It needs decisive leadership and a good decision. Because a good decision made today can always be changed later on with great communication and good and clarity to that decision. But actually, everybody went, you know, you might have been like, oh, I don't like the idea or I don't like this. At least you know what you're doing. Mm. Like you literally know you've got clarity, absolute clarity. How long is this going to be for? Definitely till the end of the year. But what take, it removes all the what ifs. And you, you, you plan, you resource it, you work towards it. Everyone, it's framed in their mind. And then at that point, if it needs to change again, they, they, they will trust that you will have had it thought through. So I, I think there's a lot of power to doing that. There's a lot of force with a good decision um, that enables and creates opportunity and good thinking and alignment with where you're going and what you're doing and where your teams work and the volunteers and everything else. And that, that's critical to, yeah. to, to actually doing this well and staying on mission. Yeah, absolutely. I think because um, I, I really like Andy Stanley's decision on on this, and I think for North Point, I think it really works mostly because I think they have they had the setup to be able to make that decision in with. And I think it was what a point I made earlier, which is that churches that were set up to to work with online, you know, have a hybrid setup before the pandemic hit, they were able to flow through a lot easier and so for for north point they were already working from the fact that they were recording their services going out online all the difference was is they just weren't having a congregation in the room so nothing really changed in what they were doing 
and I think that's probably the difference. So they were they were they were geared that they were just as good online as they were in person. Um, you don't, maybe don't get the same quite the same feel, but it's still it's all built around that. And I think yeah. they could give that clarity, and um, and it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't things wouldn't drop as much. I think that smaller churches might suffer from that kind of decision because I think that if they struggle to create a compelling online service, they might just lose people and put, creating a humongous gap where there is just it's not very inspiring because it's just things aren't where made very well i think having that i think maybe having a different strategy could be helpful but i love the uh the clarity and i think um i wish that all churches have that that level of clarity yeah. i i wonder whether what what could be helpful for churches is, is to think a little bit more adaptively that to actually say here is the plan and it is based upon the government's tiered system we will do this in this tier we will do this in this tier we will do this in this tier so it's more adaptive but and and it, and it gears itself to, towards bringing back in person services safely obviously and all those kind of things uh, yeah. but it but it does it in a way that is still really really clear but leans into a church's strength if if the in-person gatherings is their strength and online still isn't a strength i think something like that could be helpful I think the other thing there that would be uh, that just stuck out to me is North Point didn't consider online a second class citizen in their in ministry. It was like, no, if you're in person or you're online, it's the same. They saw it like content wise, delivery, what what you receive, they saw no difference in the in the in the content at all. So that, you know, to be able to say we can stop this and carry on with that actually valued the content aspect of what they were doing equally. And I think for some starting off, it might seem that, you know, we've got a second rate experience by going online. But actually, we need to start viewing this as it's at, at worst equal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, there is parity between the in-person in and the online because we, it's about the messaging. It's about the content um, at these points, and then the rest of it we can we can work with. But actually, it's that viewing it viewing it equally allows a decision like that to be made. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I really like that, and I I think that a really good learning. I think that's the the legacy of all of this is that hybrid church is is the way to go forward. Really, in terms of I think a strong in person gathering. And a strong online gathering is going to be vital for churches because I think now online is the first port of call for every one that's wanting to check out a church. It's just so much easier than to try and take that step to, you know, do a to go along to a church when you don't really know what to expect. This is is the perfect way to, for people to know what to expect, to know what you're like, what what it's like, and all those kind of things. So I think that we 
churches will need to get to a point in 2021 where their online and their in-person gatherings have the same level of attention and to detail um i know a lot of churches put a lot of attention to detail in their in-person gatherings and now they've had to put a lot of uh, of uh, attention to their online gatherings and it's got to get and it's getting those things up to that same level because i think that yeah. once we can get that then i think we've got something that's really interesting and gives the chance to be able to have that kind of really adaptive strategy and and resilience in in what we do so that we can say if need be we're going to stop until the end of the year to give that level of clarity because we know that what we've got in an online sphere is as strong as what we've got in an in-person sphere absolutely absolutely there's yeah just putting those things together and again thinking it through but this isn't just the church we're not we're not doing a move to online in isolation okay we're seeing all the other activities that we get involved in um and you know clubs and even like the going out and socializing aspect of things that we do involve we are seeing a rise in online opportunity to engage that way our work and professional way of doing it of uh, you know the, the things generating income and business we're, we're seeing uh develop in that realm as well so we we need to think broadly and look at what other people are doing and what things we can take you know take from it we know how long people will listen before you need a break in an online environment we know about if you've got too many little windows up it's hard to gauge you know eye contact and position and you know uh uh, you know cues from people you know body language and stuff so you know there's some things that we're learning and some things that we're beginning to understand better um, and also some things that we just go that did not translate from in person to online but also if we return to in person it didn't work anyway yes. i think you know let, let's there's there's moving to an online world what would we bring with us but if we go back to anything in person, what stuff from online works that we could take with it is there as well. And I, I think we're looking at changes in how we engage full stop. Like there's there's new ways when we're how we how we take on information, how we read those cues, how we talk, how we and all of those things. Actually, I think there are lessons to be learned in both directions as 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 we as we proceed with this. And there will be so much coming from corporate research and learning in those realms don't ignore it like interpret it be wise uh read through it see what actually applies to the kind of stuff that you're doing as as, as a church as a ministry as a project or whatever you've got going on where you are but like don't don't ignore good work learnings and understandings that are coming from other places there is so much to be done and just because it was in person didn't mean it was good like Absolutely. there is there is yeah. <laughs> i I've been to in-person meetings, as I'm sure most people have, and some of them are just terrible. And actually, some things now that I've seen happening online happen with a better framework, better timings, better clarity, better communication. I'm like, oh, I want that. If we ever go back to in-person, I want those same attributes and things to be thought through as well. Um, so, yeah, measure your intent. Get, get a handle on the intention of what you're doing and 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 look broadly at all the other things going on i think it's, it was something that dale sellers said to us in episode number one of this podcast which is that um we made this wrong step to think that 
um when people check out online and they you know they kind of leave or something that they they're not checking out mentally if they're in an in-person service because it's absolutely true they just they just don't have the opportunity to stand up and leave the building and um which, which is essentially in mentally they they have left the building uh and i think that what what's really good is is you is this forcing us to think okay what are we doing in our services how can we bring what's worked with online because online you're in that we're facing that thing of well if if some if it's not if it's not either good enough or interesting enough people would literally they just turn off they just switch off facebook yeah. or youtube or whatever and there's nothing you can do and that what it means is we must be thinking about now the the service and you know groups and team meetings and everything like that from the end user point of view as who is this for what do they need how can i design the ministry to help them rather than what we've always done which is you know we'll, we create what we create and we just put it out there um i think this is is helping us think differently and i think i think that's a really uh it's a really healthy thing yeah so i, w- I was going to ask you um uh an, an, an unfair question at this point but i'm going to do it from my own perspective and you know, it's up to you whether you agree or not um i have sat in in-person church meetings and at the end of the person speaking i could not repeat one thing or point they made yeah 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 i i, I have too yeah so it's like yeah it, it totally with dale's point it's like don't don't think because you see a number or somebody leave visibly on an online thing that just because if they were there in person that they would have got more from it that's not how we build and deliver content like you've got to think these things through Um, what what's really helpful now is you can actually use online to check out the engagement of how long people stayed and when people dropped out and 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 those kind of things which actually is way more data than you'd ever get in a church service because you actually firstly you can you know you can track the numbers but you can track the numbers of when they're interested and not interested at various points of the service you could never do that uh, in an in-person service you can never collect that kind of data and i think it's really valuable to take that forward for in-person services whenever they come back uh, and uh, i think that's really useful learnings look at where people are checking out if if it is dive bombing at the start of the preach rethink how you do preachers if it's dive bombing in a song change it you know it's it's now thinking about it's not just about keeping people. It's about you're, you want to keep people because you want to be able to impact them with the message of you know the gospel and, and all those kind of things. And to do that, you've just got to keep people's attention long enough. And so it's a whole new battle all over again. And, um, and I think that that's, that's a helpful, healthy thing for the church. Yeah. Look, picking up on that, people, those of us who have kids, we are now all the kids team on a Sunday if that's when we're doing church look if you watch the statistics of us watching along with a service on a Sunday we watch some of the songs and some of the bits and seriously please stop doing notices online there are better ways to deliver notices than during a live broadcast okay let that you know that, that's a freebie but we go through like some of the kids stuff and we look at the kids activity or what's coming up if it's early on we are likely to check out not long after that. Mm-hmm. And we revisit later to watch it back, the messages, or with some friends at a different time, if we're able to go back and watch it online later. So 
it's like you might see odd statistics because now people are having to do things differently okay which is why i'm saying that you know the live and the simulated life comes into play at this point but i i I would love look if you're listening to this we would love to get some feedback and find people who could help other people by sharing and again this is about building community not competition um who's doing online kids work well who's doing the online family stuff youth stuff well that would be great for us to uh talk to and get information out there to help those who might be struggling in some of these areas this is a time for us all to help one another and to improve who you know how we do things and who we're reaching and share those ideas so if you know anybody like just just let us know we've seen some great stuff from one or two of our friends with um, churches in in america a couple into europe and there are some people out there absolutely knocking this out the park um but i i would absolutely love to to see some of them some of the other uk churches and resources that people are uh, perhaps using and it'd be a great thing so you know reach out to us on uh, uh social media or drop us an email um let us know what's happening let's go from there because i think this could that, that could be a really good one um, but also you know in your statistics like i said if you see people drop out like contact people if they come back the next week and drop out at the same point again if you can see that level of detail find out like ask send some surveys don't be afraid of feedback um because it's constructive yeah absolutely absolutely uh lee thank you so much for your for your time today um and uh listeners thank you so much as well i hope that hope this is uh really helpful for you lee i will see you again for another podcast i'm sure next week Absolutely. Now, now we're all back working in our home offices, Chris. Uh, I see that we could be doing many more of these. Well, that sounds great. And and also, listeners, if you've got any uh, comments, thoughts, feedbacks, discussion, then just drop us an email, podcast at thinking.church. And we'd love to be able to, to read that out and interact with that uh, on, on the show. Amazing. Thank you, Chris. No worries. Take care. You too. Cheers. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. And don't forget that you can send in your thoughts, comments, uh, discussions for whatever we've talked about. Uh, Just drop us an email, podcast at thinking.church, and we'd love to be able to read it out on the show. Uh, We'll be back with another podcast next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, We will see you soon. Bye for now.